I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm Laura Wright and welcome back to my podcast, Music in My Life, where I explore the musical moments in different people's lives. I discuss with my guests how and why that music has such a strong memory for them. What is it about music that taps into our emotions and why does it make us feel a certain way? This week's guest is someone whose career is going from strength to strength. She has a wicked sense of humour and a kind heart, which I hope she won't mind me saying. Charlotte Ritchie is known for her roles as Oregon in Channel 4's comedy Fresh Meat, Hannah in Siblings and Barbara Gilbert in BBC's drama Call the Midwife. She currently stars in sitcoms Ghosts, Dead Pixels and Feel Good. Like me, she is a former member of All Angels, where we were lucky enough to perform in some wonderful places and share some really, really great memories. But we haven't spoken in years. So welcome to the podcast, Charlotte. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm good. I'm blushing from that introduction. I can't believe it. It was slick and it was kind. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's so nice. We were just saying this, like, I mean, we we sort of just started talking to each each other about three minutes ago. But the fact that we haven't spoken for such a long time it's so nice to kind of do it live here on the podcast um yeah but thank you so much for having me it's so so nice it's a pleasure it's a pleasure and I think it's really nice that you know we're we're chatting again about music because that's Mm -hmm. how you know that's how we met that's what brought us together I don't know 15 16 years ago um but before we before we delve back into you know letting people know how old we really are let's talk about Mm -hmm. (laughs) this year um the past (laughs) the past few months as well and like how I suppose how your life, you know, we mentioned it briefly as well before we started recording, how your life has sort of shifted or changed this year or, or not, as it may be, and and how you found it, I guess, in your industry, but also, you know, seeing friends and family or not seeing friends and family for you. How's this year felt? Because I know it's brought a lot of different emotions for people. Um, it's been so, I think the best sort of way of summing it up was like how I felt on my, my birthday's at the end of August. And it's like that bank holiday weekend. And Normally there's like carnival and lots of sort of fun things happening. And there's this like vibrancy to that weekend. And it's like, you go, I don't know, like you think about a whole year having passed on your birthday. And this birthday, I was just like, I mean, firstly, it was a miserable day. It was really bad weather, but like everything had been canceled, obviously. And, and I just looked back and I was like, oh, it's too soon for my birthday because nothing's happened in the last like seven months. Like, it it felt like everything had just been like truncated and I, I felt really sad about it. But it's like on so many different levels that you feel sad. You feel sad for like your personal life and the fact that you haven't got to see your family and your friends and been separated from people. Um, 
but also on this like wider, more kind of, it's like constantly humming in the background that you know that life is like really hard for so many people and that it's, it's just, it feels quite kind of claustrophobically um, bad. And so that, that I think was the kind of general sense, but it's kind of like a low level hum that kind, I don't know if you find this, but it just sits in the back of your head all the time at the moment. So that, that was, that's the kind of feeling. There's definitely been amazing positives from it, but, but at this point, as you're asking me today, I think I'm still like, oof, it's a hard time. Yeah. And And I think you make a really good point there. The fact that, you know, I'm asking you this question today and it does, I think, change for people from day to day. But I completely agree with you that there's this almost like a, I don't know, I feel like I can describe it as like a bit of a shadow. And we feel like, you know, there's this ongoing shadow that's with us all the time. And it's just slightly shortening, you know, our ability to have those lovely experiences to be able to. And I think also the thing that lots of people have said to me is that the ability to plan and look forward to something I feel like that's been taken away and I think that's really hard because you know we are generally like most of us as people are you know work hard and and we kind of like to plan things and look forward to things and and it's those experiences away from our work life that create really lovely memories and that's you know that's what this podcast is about in itself it's that that music if it's live if it's something you hear on the radio they're all little experiences that that kind of bring those memories to you and and become really important in your life so I think at the moment it is hard um so yeah so it's it's quite um it's quite relaxing actually to be fair today actually does feel like the first time I kind of because I feel like it's been a bit of a whirlwind coming back into a new job moving into a new place and we've had like quite full-on rehearsals so it is quite nice to have just a morning to sit and have a chat actually (laughs) it's quite relaxing definitely Um, and and people probably forget that that you know you just saying like oh I'm staying here and and it's not my home and actually you know for this year in particular home comforts I think have become really important to people and the simple things in life and I suppose as well you know we we mentioned briefly not seeing friends and family have you you know I presume obviously when there was that sort of lockdown period were you able to spend time with family and and do that kind of thing yeah, I, yeah. When we when when it all kind of eased up a bit, yeah, we went into um, my mum and dad's garden, and I saw a lot of my family, which was like really great because I like you, like I'm super close to them, and I and so it's like it's been really hard to not be around them. I just find that a very like grounding thing to be like in a, in a really sort of car, like just to be around them. I find very comforting. Um, and so that's been something, yeah, that I've hugely missed, but I've, I lived with two, I do live with two amazing girls, um, Holly and Emily, and they've been incredible during this time. And like being able to talk to friends over FaceTime and lots of the kind of like, you know, group quiz things, even though they seem like a literally a different age now, they were so helpful. So yeah, yeah. I just don't know what I did for the whole time. I don't even know what I did. I think I just panicked for solidly for like four, four months. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just wandered around and panicked. Exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> not I, doing anything useful. Just like no. panicking. <laughs> <laughs> I did that when I went into labour. Harry and I wandered around the house for about <sighs> ten minutes, going, "I don't, I don't know what. What do we do now? I don't know. Yeah, what, what, do just do? what do we do? Oh, what do we do? We should probably do something. Yes, yeah, I can't believe should. you've done that. Laura is honestly mad. It's honestly, it's so well. Congrats. <laughs> Oh, Huge thank congrats. you. It is probably I know weird. It's months later, you said, but yeah. yeah, but we should right. we should say as well because we obviously we met when we were what fifteen. Uh, yeah, I was years just old. thinking that. Yeah, yeah. so to the idea of any, either of us having a child yes. would be quite weird. Yeah, <laughs> um, different, different people. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. 
but obviously you know going going back to to music and and what this podcast is all about obviously it's been I know it's been a huge part of your life and still is now um I remember you introducing me to a Fleetwood Mac album and Niz Loppy like I do because obviously when I knew I was going to be chatting to you quite a lot of my own memories came up which was really lovely actually um and I remember you know that kind of someone introducing you to music and something if it's music as well that you really love I remember I listened to those songs for ages and absolutely fell in love with them and it was so lovely but I I guess for me I want to ask you you know for everyone that's listening has music what's music meant to you in your life I know it's a really big question but has it been I guess a source of inspiration has it been strength you know has it been reflective what for you has it meant it's such a nice question isn't it if you like music it's mad when I hear people don't really aren't really into it I think I just don't know how like I really don't understand that but um not in a judgmental way but just like I can't imagine that feeling but because I grew up with um lots of music in my house so as you know but maybe other people don't know my brother's a musician and played music all the time growing up my dad played guitar in fact my mum and dad met in a band when they were like 19 well my dad sort of hired my mum as the singer in the band yeah I think they did like two gigs only and they got paid in um curry in curry nice. that's not a bad yeah, curry to be paid in I think maybe they just play gigs in a curry house but um <laughs> so they did that and then and there was always growing up my sister playing the flute and we had a piano so it was like really musical so I think probably I had that like head start of just always having it around me but like I mean it, it there's a really I can't remember who it is I think it's like Bjork or something has a song title that's like <clears throat> my headphones saved my life something like that and I do sometimes think and like I know that they're a kind of big corporation that can be a bit but like something like Spotify the fact that I can have headphones and I can like access music at all times makes my life I reckon like genuinely 50% better the fact that I can listen to music maybe more um I listen to it all the time everywhere I am and so yeah it it kind of accompanies everything I do and um I feel like the fact that I've been able to make it like when we made music together and then also I did some with my brother and when I've kind of done like musical shows it's like the thing it's the best thing (laughs) um yeah and I think yeah I think also another thing is that in some ways I feel and I'd be interested to know how you feel about this but actually I think I probably know but I I feel quite lucky to have been able to step back from it slightly and have it as something that is just like my like I do kind of by myself I quite like that I, I I reached a point where I got quite nervous on stage and like didn't really enjoy singing live that much um, but I love it for myself but like for you I suppose it's your whole living as well as your passion does it feel sometimes that the pressure can kind of overwhelm the joy or does it always feel good definitely definitely and I think it again it depends on what the music is you're singing and or maybe what the performance is and I I also certainly think that what comes into play with what you're talking about is when you do perform when you're much younger those nerves or anxiety or pressure whatever it is I mean it goes over your head it doesn't even really come into play and I think as you get older because there's things there that you care about and there's things maybe there's things that risk the fact that it's a gig and it's and then becomes you know something that's uh, financially important or it's something you rely upon I think your whole sort of um view on it changes and I definitely have had times where I'm like I really didn't enjoy that or I think also with the kind of creative industry that both of us are in it's also sometimes the aftermath that that can be quite hard to handle in the sense that Mm. you go from one extreme to the other and I think it's a very unique thing to do and I think you have to yeah you have to sort of give yourself a bit of time 
I think in between performances as well to kind of deload and just sort of figure out what you liked about it, what it was that, you know, made you kind of feel buzzed or not. And I think you have to kind of chip away and find where that is for you individually. And I think for me, it it depends on the music. Like if I sing something that's very classical, I'll be so nervous. And my mum will say to me, you go on and on about it before you think you can't do it. And then as soon as you've done it, you're like, that was amazing. That was the (laughs) best thing ever. Like, I love it. But yeah if it's something that maybe isn't as challenging, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it, but I won't feel as rewarded afterwards. So Mm. I don't know. It's a really difficult balance. balance. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, because you mentioned before we were, um, just before we started recording, you found it really hard to choose these songs as well. Why do you think that was? Oh, because like, again, it's almost like what day would you ask me this question? It would be maybe a different answer. And like, uh, yeah, I, I guess I kind of wanted to think about, cause I, yeah, it was really cool. It's great. It's great to be asked this because you kind of go back through your music collection and kind of decide. And I don't know, I guess it's not fully representative, but I wanted to kind of choose ones that were maybe not like my ultimate favorites that I listen to every day or every week, but the ones that were kind of more like we're able to kind of represent a more of a feeling or a conversation around them, which I guess is kind of the point of this. But like, they are my favorites. They're all my favorite songs, but I have like a hundred favorite songs. So it's really hard to choose. Yeah. Um, and and I think like you say that it depends on the day that you ask someone, doesn't it? And that's what I love about music is that, you know, it gives us the permission to be in a certain frame of mind or, or a certain mood and we can just live in that mood for a while. And, and that's, that's really nice. So you can listen to something that is really sad and just it's okay to be in that mood because the music's kind of giving you permission. And then, you know, as soon as that music stops, you can snap out of that mood or, you know, whatever it needs to be. But I think that's, that's what I love about music. It just gives mm. us that permission to be in a, in a space and, and just almost forget about, you know, what's going on sometimes as well. Yeah. Um, there's a, re- there's a really nice, do you know a, a guy called Alan Watts? He's like a philosopher kind of guy from about the seventies. Okay. Tell me more. So he, he does it. He does, he does lots of different talks about like life and he may not be everybody's cup of tea, but he's definitely interesting to listen to. But he talks about life being like analogous with music that basically there's not really any real um, point to it. Not in a, not in a kind of nihilistic way, but just like, there's no, you're not sort of reaching to get anywhere. It is just kind of what it is right now. Mm. And he's sort of saying what's, he's kind of in a roundabout way although I'm kind of switching it around saying that music is kind of there for the sake of itself. Like you listen to music moment by moment. You don't kind of listen to music to get to the end of the song. You listen to it because every bit of the song is the thing that you're wanting while it's happening, if you know what I mean. So you have this with like performing when you sing, I'm sure. And I feel it when I'm kind of acting that you, everything comes right back down to like this, like moment by moment thing the real presence of it rather than it being something you're trying to kind of get to the end of. I mean, unless you like hate the song or if I, for example, hate the scene, <laughs> like you want to get to the end of it, but it's just there for the sake of itself, which is what I think is so great about music and which is why it's great for a mood to just sit in it. Yeah, definitely. And I, um, I think as well, John Cage has said some things which are very similar about that, that, you know, when people asked him about his wacky and wonderful music, he was like, what, well, what's the point of it and why? So John Cage is kind of um, 
American composer. He was known as like an artist, a philosopher, and he basically was massive pioneer in using musical instruments in in a weird way. So playing right, the inside yeah, of the yeah. piano, you know, you'll know this, yeah, of course. And like, oh, no, 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 I didn't know. Sorry, that was that definitely not meant to sound like I knew. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd, bit, like, he'd, he'd pour, yeah, he'd pour like a kettle into bath water, and that was part of the music. But right. he did it all using a stopwatch. So the stopwatch was actually the important thing. And and he talked about the fact that you know, just like you said, it was it wasn't really getting to the end of a piece or it wasn't really, it was just, that was there as a kind of narrative to how he felt that time. And and it felt like there was no method to his madness, but there absolutely was. And he's regarded as like the super influential composer. So I, I completely agree with you. And I think, you know, if people can sit and listen and, and you know, talk about those kind of things as well, you, you'll find so much more, you get so much more out of it. Um, yeah. And I think, well, let's... Um- that silence that one that's like yes exactly yeah so people would know yeah four minutes and 33 seconds where like the orchestra walk on they tune up the conductor kind of gets his baton up and then nothing happens for four minutes and 33 and it's about the sounds that you hear from well let's hope no one's coughing too much at the moment but a cough or a a sneeze (laughs) or (laughs) whatever it might be um yeah anyway I think yeah let's jump into your first choice because otherwise we'll talk forever um so this is a song that reminds you of your childhood and Mm. this is five keep on Mm. moving um tell me about this song what it means to you like take us back to you know your childhood and and how this song became really important um so I, I was born in 1989. And so in the 90s, 90s was my kind of beginning to like turn into a little person time. And I can't remember when five came out. I think they were maybe like 96 or seven, eight maybe. And there was this whole kind of like pop scene of like cheesy pop groups basically that like Bewitched and um, five were big ones at my school. The Spice Girls were happening at the same time, but uh, for some reason I just like, they just passed me by and I don't know how. Yeah, um, I wanted but, to ask you that. Like what what yeah. was Spice Girls a thing for you? Or it was just five was, you know. I, they really weren't. And I can't, exp- I have no idea why. Like, I guess, I don't know. They just weren't the, the kind of craze that we had four girls at my school who were bewitched. Like they would go around being bewitched. <laughs> and I actually formed a, a group in my year called The Grinders. Um, that everyone was allowed to be in except for the girls in Bewitched because everyone felt quite excluded from Bewitched but obviously you can only have four members of Bewitched so I was obviously sort of on this like (laughs) inclusivity um, although I didn't let my best friend be a lead singer I made her be a backing dancer (laughs) so I was sort of like a kind of uh, despotic leader when I finally got power but um, yeah five was basically just sums up that feeling of being me and my friends um, rehearsed a song for the talent show in year five, I think it was, um, for, I think it's Baby When the Lights Go Out. And we just rehearsed like nonstop, like the, and the passion and the dedication that we did every break time by this particular tree with this particular cassette, like this sort of portable um, tape player over and over again, we play it and, and do the moves. And I just, that like crystallizes this feeling of being around that age, like nine, 10 and feeling like I, I had nailed life. Like I knew what was good. I knew that, that doing dance routines with my friends and really trying hard to do it. And like being the kind of almost at the top of the school and just ruling the roost. I, I just, that was it for me. It was like the kind of peak confidence. And um, so that, that, that song and that band really remind me, but the song I chose, I think is um, Get On Up, which is like, a really inspiring song 
I genuinely love it still. I think it's so beautiful. <laughs> I think it's so beautiful. Well, yeah, but I mean, you you know, you chuckle when you say that. I agree with you because actually uh, when I was looking at, you know, the lyrics for this as well, mm. if you take them away and try not to sing them, uh, speak them rather in the kind of rhythm of the song, it's the, like even the first few lines, I woke up today with this feeling that better things are coming my way. And if the sunshine has a meaning, it's telling me not to let things get in my way. Like it's really yeah. lovely. If someone read that to you as a poem. Yeah. yeah. Oh, goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's like if you took yeah. it away from the sort of cheesy pop um, kind of structure that we all know it from, actually, the the lyrics are really beautiful. I agree with you. Um, let's, in fact, let's have a little listen now. So let's go back to you rehearsing under the tree <laughs> with your cassette tape, listening yeah. to Five, Get On Up. Here it goes. <laughs> Oh, so good. So what, tell me about the dance moves. What was happening? Oh, yeah. Well, um, so this, well, the routine that we did, I think it may have actually been to a different song, but we we had, the thing that got us in the actual performance in the end, like I wish I could show you the moves, but the thing that really got us in the end, I was actually telling someone about this yesterday, weirdly, um, is that we'd rehearsed to the um, uh, radio edit, the single version, but not the um, album version, which is what we were play, what, what was played in um, in the actual performance. So we didn't know that there was like a thirty second dance break in the in the middle. <laughs> so after all those weeks of like deep deep um, rehearsal, we we suddenly were, were stuck with like no lyrics and no moves. And so I did the worm across the stage like <laughs> I, relentlessly. I was gonna say I can see <laughs> you doing the worm. Oh my god, you're joking! <laughs> yeah, it was my number one move. I've been learning some break dancing moves from my PE teacher from afar. He only taught the boys break dancing moves from afar. That? Did did he yeah. know that he, you were teaching? He was he teaching must you. Know. Looking back, he must have seen this <laughs> scrawny little nine year old like whizzing her legs around. Um, I mean, you you continued to do the worm. I'm sure in when we were singing together and performing together. I think so. I might have done. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, Laura, don't tell people. Sorry, um, sorry. And, um, yeah, I did it, and then at the end. All the girls were like, what were you doing? It was ridiculous. You're showing off. And I was like, guys, we were dying out there. I had to do something. I saved like, us. I saved us. Off. Oh, man. As I say, peak of my confidence. Like, who decides that in front of their whole school, they're just going to start doing the worm? That's the best thing. Like, yeah, honestly, I though, it, like we were saying, you know, the performance anxiety does not exist when you're that age. And, and I think yes. it's so freeing to do those yeah. things and to enjoy yourself. And it's just about your friends. And that is the single most important thing happening in your life at that moment. You know, yeah, that exactly. is the pinnacle. So I exactly. love that. And what a, what a gorgeous memory to have as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. For people as well, just a bit of information as you say yeah 1998 released it was their fourth single from their debut album and they were put together by the same team that managed the Spice Girls and managed by Simon Cow and formed by Bob and Chris Herbert they were the two that created Spice Girls and basically once they created Spice Girls they put an advertisement in uh, the newspaper the stage and they were like asking for you know young male singers and dancers to audition and that's kind of how the group came together um, and then further down the line the very well-known Britney hit, Baby One More Time, was potentially going to be given to them, but the writer, Max Martin, had given it to Britney Spears and Simon Cowell was, no you know. Yeah, but can you imagine, that's what I was going to say, can you imagine That's five crazy. doing Baby One so, More Time? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, in a way, it would be so like... It'd be so different. You know, yeah, it'd be so different. And knowing that like she, she was so sort of like feminine and like that whole yeah. thing was kind of... 
oh my god and that was a transformative single for a lot of people my, my, uh, someone told me recently my friend said that he <laughs> he apparently he saw that video baby one more time and apparently he said he felt really relaxed because he had found the most attractive woman in the world and he didn't need to worry because he knew where she was now and like he didn't need to feel nervous anymore uh, <laughs> I well, that she was gonna that. jump out at him at some point yeah, that, like, ah, I'm here well, that, like his life might be stressful like trying to work out whether like there would be more people who were more like and he was probably about 11 or something 10 and he was like ah oh, okay cool there she is great there I don't I can chill everyone else I meet won't be as good as Britney Spears and that's great I can be chill with that his grades so improved he really started yeah. to excel in school yeah. Now he's a prime minister. No, no, no. Oh God, no. Um, oh yeah. So, so, um, yeah. That's that would have been a life changing thing for five, I guess. And then in the end, they didn't. And then they sort of disappeared, didn't they? Exactly. Um, and suddenly. do you know? Do you know who else auditioned for five? I bet. Like, think of comedian. I don't. Do you know who else auditioned out of three thousand no, people? Russell Brand. No. Russell Brand. You're, you're kidding. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. There's a bit of trivia for you. That is, I mean, can you imagine? No, I can't. Surely I really not. can't. Surely not. That's an amazing bit of trivia. Yeah. Oh God, I love that. Oh no, no, I don't think he would have, um, I don't think he would have, I don't know, maybe we would have, it would have been a different time for them. It would have they been would have a, discovered new things. Very diplomatic, Charlotte. Yeah. It would have been a different time. <laughs> Um, so let's go on to the song that reminds you of good times now this is a bit weird for me because I'm like oh it's an all angels song Mm. um Simon and Garfunkel the sound of silence um obviously I know this version very well as we recorded it together but tell Mm -hmm. me um about the memories for you personally and this song and and why it is really really important to you in your life well I I thought it would be good to choose an all angels song because of us doing this together and having met through all angels and, and I loved, loved singing, um, with you guys. And, uh, this song was always, it felt like the kind of, you know, crowd, not crowd pleaser. In fact, it was a kind of showstopper, dare I say, <laughs> there's something about this song that just felt like so special. And the arrangement by Simon Lowell was just so, so beautiful. And although this is the album version, I always felt like singing it live was like a really special thing. And I think that's what I always thought was so cool about the group was that, um, our kind of acapella stuff was what always, uh, gave us like I guess legitimacy like I felt like I don't know if you remember but we went into a radio station like whenever we were doing one of the radio tours for for the one of the albums when and we went in and and the kind of the presenter was quite off with us and quite kind of uh standoffish and a bit dismissive and then we and then we sang I don't I don't think it was Sound of Silence it might have been might have been Steal Away and at the end he was like oh oh you can actually sing like I was really expecting you to be a sort of put together band that kind of are auto-tuned and maybe not that that great but he was really blown away by I mean I can I feel like I can blow our trumpets like we were like 17 18 and I I felt like it was really nice to have that feeling that we had that just amongst ourselves that like we could conjure that feeling and we could do those kind of like uh make that sound together basically and this song I always felt like was really special whenever we performed it um so yeah so that I love it I love it. And that's like such, I think also for me, like singing in unison in that way, um, I haven't, don't think I've felt like a greater pleasure than that, that feeling of singing and kind of harmony and, and being so secure with the people around you that, that it's going to sound good and that the blend is good. And it's just cool that we could do that. 
It's great. Yeah. yeah. And and I agree with you. It's such a I really do think when we kind of and and people would ask us that and say, oh, well, you were put together, and you're like, yes. And I suppose it's a bit like the word crossover was at the time. It's like almost like a dirty way of saying it, like, oh, you were put together. That means it's not kind of um, pure in some way, or you haven't sort of grafted. But actually, the sound that we created with the harmony was really unique, like you say. And and we also then because it was unique and because we all just loved singing it became about that and we were all passionate and I think that's where something really special was created and like mm-hmm. you say you know the arrangements by as you mentioned already wonderful Simon Lowell like the the harmony he saw that as well and so I think if you've got mm-hmm. a team as well that creates or sort of the best possible scenario and we got to just sing these luxurious things that felt so good and, and the fact that we could do that live it, it, we were sort of um we were we were efficient on our own wet in our own terms if that makes sense like we didn't need anything we could just start singing and and I think that was that that's always been the overwhelming feeling and memory for me too is that sort of sense of joy about the music and I think that's so special to have that and that's also why I always you know even when I do some teaching now and then um at the moment I always say to people like you know get singing in a choir get singing in a group if you can because the power of that is so strong isn't it yeah totally it really is I think it's like I I, I prefer it more than anything any singing I've ever done has usually been with someone else or um in a kind you of sing ensemble. with your brother as well right yeah yeah so my brother um and I did a kind of EP together like oh god like six seven years ago mm. and it was it just was just the best we would just go and just sing his songs that he wrote and kind of work out harmonies and um also I think being related like there was a there's a kind of similar I grew up listening to his voice and I think maybe there's a lot of similarities as a result of that um but yeah no it's 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 the coolest so yeah so that was that was a really great memory although what's that I can't remember the first song that we ever sang together do you remember um people get ready is that what you're thinking of yeah oh yeah People oh my get gosh. ready as a train. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah, great. Oh, I love that. Someone's got, Daisy must have a recording of that somewhere. Daisy will have a recording of Shout out to Shout Daisy. Out. Can you She's, send us the yeah. recording? Daisy, please, could you send it in? She'll have it on <laughs> one of her like thousands of hard drives that will be under her bed. She probably has everything. Yeah. Everything, um, but slightly disorganized. Yeah, 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 yeah. But with its own sort of magical chaos, I think that, that would fit together. That's Daisy. Um, yeah. That's such a good way yeah. of describing her. Um, well, listen, before we, <laughs> before we move on, let's have a listen of All Angels' version of The Sound of Silence. Oh, lovely. And I think, you know, listening to it there as well, I, it makes me think of the places we performed it. And do you think as well that plays a part, you know, when we'd sing in a lot of churches, for example, and the acoustic in those places, yeah. I mean, that must have played a role too, do you think? Definitely. I Definitely. There's a really distinct one I remember as we sang for the Marie Curie, I think we sang in a church somewhere. There's a video of it online. And I remember that like uh, the acoustics there, I just was like, oh, this is, this is on another level because like it's such an amazing yeah and we did a cathedral tour as well and that and that was just I mean you you sing in lots of kind of churches and and still and all those kind of amazing buildings and I think I miss that the most really um I miss that the most because we did a um 
that was always the bit I liked the best because we did obviously after you left to do your amazing solo stuff and head off and do that kind that stuff um we had Rachel Fabry join the group who was um another singer from Malta and we did a we did a gig like about two years ago where we just kind of hired a venue and did some of the songs and I found it really really hard because it was all kind of microphone based and the acoustics weren't like I don't think it will ever match like and I think we she felt the same everyone who sang in the different formations of our group because you know also my friend Lucy sang briefly at some point with us for a couple of gigs and do you remember no, that? I didn't know that that's so well cool. we all sort of well whenever one of us couldn't make it there'd be someone that sort of slide in and it was always for me it's always been like the live thing that was the best like as in the kind of acoustic thing and I think those like cathedral tours and stuff exactly what you're saying like the kind of acoustics of that are second to none Um, yeah yeah. and and also you know even though um most of the music we sang would be covers of um folk music or or pop music or you know or some other actually really interesting songs that are contemporary when we sang the classical pieces which are often written they are sometimes written in a devotional way so therefore you know they are made for those spaces and and whether you have a strong faith or not if you step into a place like that cathedral or church and you hear that acoustic it is heavenly it is beautiful and so I think you know then you like you say that whirling kind of whoosh of sound and harmonies kind of going on around you is is gorgeous and you don't need a microphone and again going back to what you said about when we were doing a radio talk that's why someone would have then said oh my goodness you guys can actually sing you know it that that must have been so lovely to hear as well and I think I remember I I hadn't even thought about it but it reminded me when you said it and actually it you know sometimes those things when you get that kind of slightly tough response back from someone can knock your confidence especially at that age because we were really young and so I think the music perhaps made us feel you know confident and gave us that sort of inner strength I guess that's definitely cheesy yeah. but no it's not I totally agree totally uh, although the only thing that is hard which again like is was when you sing in a really big place and the harmonies would go all like the your your voice would carry to the back and like distort slight like change pitch slightly as it came back at you you know that feeling where <laughs> or a stadium like, as well where you're like I don't oh, know yeah, what's God, going Laura, on how do you do that <laughs> How there's a, there's an eight that? second delay. Well, I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> do you have like you have like earpieces in when you do that? Yeah, but I hate having both in. I don't know if you're like that, where you have you know I like to hear the sound around me, but I just I don't know. I think once you start, you just keep going and and ignore everything else around you. Well, you make it look effortless because there's oh, no way you. in hell I could do that. Oh my <laughs> goodness, stand there on my own singing that with an eight second delay. No thanks, yeah. <laughs> I'm out. I, yeah, <laughs> I definitely fine. couldn't do what you do and continue also to be what I would say everyone would say is so amazingly talented and funny and real and I think Aww. you know every everyone I talked to and I was like I'm gonna be chatting to Charlotte and I know her from singing and they're like oh she's hilarious she's so good and everyone says to me something different that they've seen you in and and it's so I have to say as well you know we can cut this out or not but I'm very proud to have known you when you were younger and to see how well you've done because it it, um Laura, for me, me it's, too. Really, it's really special to see because I think you know at the moment you just you just want to see people flying high and doing what they love and I know that's always what you wanted to do so it's amazing thanks well same for you same totally and it's nice to talk after such a long time yeah. like it's it's quite <laughs> nice to know that life can do that as well just you know I saw your message about it and I'm like oh my gosh yes this is the time let's have a let's like do a podcast that's the best thing yeah. I'm really glad. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same. I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud for you. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Let's talk um about your family and why this song. Oh, such a good song. Ironic, Alanis mm. Morissette. I watched the video when you mentioned you were going to choose this song. I was like, so good. Um, tell me, you know, why this reminds you of your family. Well, so I don't know if I'm allowed to say this because my, my sister's a very private person and I respect that. But uh, let's just say there was a wedding in the family. Um, and we, and I'm not making any link between the wedding and who I just mentioned. And um, we all got together, me and my dad and my brother, um, got together to, to play uh, a few songs at this wed- at this wedding. <laughs> and, um, and I don't know why that would be a private thing. Anyway, so we played, we played like five different songs and they were all kind of linked with my sister. Um, oh, I've said it now <laughs> as if it wasn't clear. And so we played, we played um, some music at her, her wedding and it was like rehearsing for that with my mum singing along in the background um, was like the the best feeling like it was so good and we're not we're not a family that like you know jams together I mean obviously I've I've made music with my brother but we kind of had to get over the hurdle of being like cringed out by each other playing like in sincerely doing music but once we did it was amazing and my dad's been learning the piano since like maybe three years ago which I'm so impressed with because lots of people don't start Yeah, yeah so cool he's always kind of played by ear but he's been really serious about it and um, so we learned these songs and one of them was ironic. And also that is linked to my sister, particularly because like, I grew up with my brother and sister playing their music in the house really loudly. And they kind of brought me up on their music. And one of the major people was Alanis Morissette and that album Jagged Little Pill. And I think as a kind of 10 year old to be listening to that woman like playing and and to have that kind of 90s kind of grunge culture my sister being like maybe think about whether you know you want to be like wearing all this makeup and not that she was saying you shouldn't but just really challenging this idea of kind of what it is to be feminine and loads of things and have this like powerful person um bit introduced to me and then have that link with us all playing music together that that like it was a good kind of summary of of those things like the kind of 
familial love that I have and the, and the things that they've given me I guess and the joy yeah, and, they bring me and how, yeah and how, I love that because also thinking about it you know I have older siblings and do you think that I definitely think this but do you think that their you know you're saying also that their kind of musical tastes almost preceded what you might have listened to and then therefore do you think that's actually kind of set you on a path with what you listened to when you were younger yeah definitely Definitely. Uh, like I have a real sort of um, particular, um, I love particularly kind of a, a like folky, acoustic kind of James Taylor, um, Nick Drake kind of music that I think I definitely got from my, not that those two are particularly similar, but the kind of guitar, you know, mellow. I, I definitely have got that from from growing up at that time. Um, yeah, they influenced it so much. My brother's listening to lots of like 90s rock, which is still the stuff I kind of go back to when I want to just really relax and enjoy it without thinking too much and they so, would yeah. listen to that you know I have this image in my head I guess when you're talking about this of just sounds coming from different rooms in the house so they yeah. wouldn't and, and I think this is something also that I I always end up talking about with my guests in the sense that you know were you someone who put your headphones on and were you know was quite insular with what you listened to and it was private because or was it you know playing it out loud on a stereo and and that was for everyone to hear um, well, my mom has this habit of like turning everything down, like everything. <laughs> so she'll come in and immediately turn down the radio and you're like, please, I was, just, I was actually listening to that. Can you turn it up? Can you turn it up? And um, so, but I would, yeah, we would always play music out loud actually. Um, and I had this amazing little hi-fi stereo uh, growing up that I would record things off the radio with, like I'd put a, like a blank tape in and if something came on the charts that you really wanted to have like straight down, like with the was it play, the play and record button and it would record it and then I'd listen to that very loudly in my room and I, it's nice that I was able to yeah it wasn't a private thing music at all for for any of us I don't think um I mean my brother was playing guitar like through every tv show it was really annoying my <laughs> sister had it worse he was learning it in front of us and it's like please go and do that in your room at least it wasn't the violin. That's what I did. And that was just terrible. Yes. Oh, that's not fair. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. That's not yeah. fair on anyone's ears, especially when you're not <laughs> no, very that's good. That's actually not fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I knew that. Oh my God, I think maybe, maybe I must have known at some point. Do you, oh, do you play terrible. It? Did you ever no. play like, No, no, oh, no. Okay. I was so bad. So bad. And my mum and dad were like, why don't we try singing? <laughs> yeah. Have a go at that, Laura. Yeah. I think that'd be much nicer for all of us. It turns <laughs> out that everyone. is true. It's lovely for all of us. <laughs> no, actually, I remember my brother used to play guitar, electric guitar at the top of the house. And I do remember it was so loud that the neighbours would applaud actually at the end of at least they applauded and didn't yeah. throw things <laughs> right that's true this is oh my goodness on. wait I I have to ask you if you remember this do you remember something things being thrown at us at one of our all angels performances oh in Bradford when we were turning on the lights yeah is that what you're thinking yeah, yeah. I got a glow stick thrown in my head <laughs> yes. I think that was a pretty dark I time. think I got a like a chubba chub lollipop thrown at me I'm oh, not sure nice. maybe it was nice. a glow stick a yeah, I think you're right <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I mean, in my head, it hit me in the head, um, but I don't know if it did actually hit me on the head. Um, <laughs> I think we were, sing- a, yeah, we were yeah. singing um, a Christmas song and I think we got the yeah. timing. It, it was really hard as an arrangement. And actually, we should <laughs> say some of the arrangements were really challenging. They were really difficult, oh, yeah. especially live outside, no acoustic. Yeah. Um, and I just remember that thinking, God, guys, this is, this also, is intense. I remember there was an X Factor winner who went on uh, before us or after us. I'm not going to name him. But let's just say he mimed. And I remember being like, are you joking? Like your number one thing is that you were on a singing comp. Like what? 
we're we're doing it live and we're doing it badly but at least we're doing it (laughs) we're doing it live and we we messed it up but we we did it (laughs) with confidence I can't believe that I know that's one thing I actually we did mime didn't we mime once I think it was at like maybe somewhere like Wembley Maybe that was um, we later. Did, was that yeah, and I think we did maybe when you were I think there? that yeah, after I left. And also I think we did mine when one of us was really poorly as well. That would often happen. Not often happen, but like that was a something that you had to sort of make a decision on if you wanted to miss out on a performance or sort of one of you. Yeah, that I think that's something that yeah, you just have to make a call, don't you? But yeah, you gotta do, yeah, yeah. Before we move on, let's actually have a listen to some of this epic song, Ironic by Alanis oh, yeah. set. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, I wanted that to carry on. So good. Um, it's so good. That whole <laughs> album. Oh, it's amazing. Did you watch, yeah. and also, you know, in terms of this kind of music, did you watch the video alongside? Like, was that a big thing for you? Did you wait for a video to come out or was it just purely the sound that was the the most important thing? Well, I didn't really have like, I mean, definitely as a, a kid, it's funny, I really am thinking about like being a young kid, but I think I didn't really, I'm trying to think what sort of time things like, like music videos were available on online. I didn't have like MTV. We didn't have Sky or anything. I'd go around to my friend's house in secondary school who had Sky and relentlessly watch MTV and MTV Base and like wouldn't let her watch anything else. Cause I was like, this is my time to kind of get my fix of music <laughs> videos. I just adored them. I was like, I can't wait to go around to her house after school. Um, <laughs> Whereas I, I, all I had, I remember we had music videos on, if you bought a single and you put it in your like desk, if you put it in your kind of laptop, not your laptop, your kind of home computer, then they'd often have a a music video with it. But I don't remember music videos being a massive thing alongside songs until much later for me. Um, like, I don't think I saw this, the music video to that song until like three years ago or something. Yeah. Um, I think I was the same. Yeah. And I think it's, I, I also... I, some of part of me wishes I'd seen it at that time and maybe kind of would have experienced more of, of what the thinking was behind the song. But actually I, I always feel like it's just the, the general sound and the kind of vibe of something that makes you fall in love with it. But she's, she's still performing it, it now. Like, I mean, mm. she's amazing and she looks exactly the same. Like, <laughs> she it's looks incredible. exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. No, it was really, it's, and it's such a passionate album and she's so angry on it. And I think like, I, again, this is like a bit of a broad thing. It's not true of everything, anyone, sorry, of everyone, but I think it, expressing anger is quite a difficult thing. I, I find it difficult. And I think maybe on some level, listening to her being quite angry on that album was quite liberating, quite like, oh, okay, like girls can get really angry about stuff and it's not kind of bad or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah like no, I completely know what you mean. And that's, and again, that's what it made me think of when I, when I did eventually see the video, because it's like, she's got all these, they're not alter egos but the different characteristics mm. side of her character and it was the fact yeah. that she was letting go of that and I think liberating as you say is exactly the right word and that's it's so refreshing to be able to see that and to know that yes that's a part of someone's character but it's not everything and it doesn't and it's not a negative thing in that sense as well because it's just as important we you know live in the sadness and the anger as it is we live in the happiness isn't it and again like we were saying at the start that's what music allows us to do um mm-hmm. mm. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> that was a lot, wasn't it? That was like I was trying to like emphatically agree without talking too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, I can't believe we're on the last last one of your choices. This is a oh, song yes. about a love or love in general. And um, I just want you to tell me about this song. I want you to say it because I'll probably get it wrong. Um, but tell me, <laughs> tell me about this song and, and when you heard it and why, you know, drum and bass and all that kind of stuff. Why is it, why is it important to you? Yeah, I, it's so weird because I do get like, somehow my face starts to like flush a bit when I'm, <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I'm loving drum and bass. Um, I love it. So when I was, again, actually, this is to, attributed to my sister. This was the first um, drum and bass track that my sister played me when I was about 15. I remember being like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is something. Um, it The reason I chose this kind of song um, to kind of represent love in my life is I find it, it would be really hard to narrow down love uh like I know that when you ask these questions it's to be kind of specific and choose a particular kind of um specific uh example and so that's why I I chose this but in general like obviously it's it's kind of everything isn't it it's like the number one thing you want to find everywhere but I um the reason I chose this is because I love dancing so much and I really love just like being around people and I think maybe especially after this year there's something I have this like real desire to just be in a big crowd of people I know and love and just be able to have a big party with them and go out and dance uh and it feels like that's something that I've really missed this year and this song I I just love it I think it's so beautiful and um yeah and and that and and I kind there's a kind of transcendence to lots of like dance music and um so yeah, so that this is a kind of celebratory, like, I just love it. I just love having a little dance to it. So yeah. And it was, it was kind of a, quite a new sound, I'm guessing kind of around the time you probably were listening to it as well. Um, so not the the genre in itself, but this particular, like this track has elements of this new sound that was becoming really, really popular. And I suppose in ways as well, it kind of paved the way for other um, DJs and, and producers to create music like that. And I think It's also interesting because, you know, we talk about sort of cross genre music and how collaborations and stuff can happen. They happen all the time now with uh, big artists. And I love that they sort of have this power in coming together. And I think that's something that was happening with drum and bass, like, you know, years and years ago and kind of having the, the power of lots of different creative people coming together and just doing their bit that they're so good at and adding it into a sound. And I think that's really exciting and I suppose also this when I was listening to this track makes me think of exactly as you said that feeling of being with an enormous group of people everything we can't have right now you know live music uh, being with a group of people that you love moving dancing expressing yourself and I suppose that's something as well that I always associated with you in terms of when we were singing together that you loved the kind of festival scene and um, I think we the only time I think we bumped into each other in you know, over the years was coming from or to a festival. And I suppose, is that, Mm. is that something you've really missed this year? Yeah, I think I I have a really kind of love hate relationship with them because I love sleeping as well. So the combination, (laughs) my favorite, my favorite thing is an early dance session, roughly three, 4 PM, a nice little wrapping it up around 11. So you can sleep till midday the next day. (laughs) Like that for me is a dream. Um, but yeah, I miss that so much. I think it's that, it's that, it's just this thing of like, the the it's, oh, I don't know any other way to say it than just being like present with loads of people in that 
you know, it's like being at a wedding or being, there's so many big group events that have that feeling about them where it's just like, you don't need to be talking to anybody, but you just have the feeling of other people around you and knowing that that's like safe and okay. The fact that that's been taken away is such a huge thing. And I so look forward to when we have that again. And I kind of feel optimistic that we will. Um, but yeah, no, that I do miss all of that. And um, just that feeling of being in a big tent and dancing with like loads of your friends and just that feel it's nothing better it's it's great well let's yeah. uh let's imagine we're doing that now for the next 10, yeah. 15 seconds so this is yeah. dj marky and xrs with lk i start Lightly. bopping bopping away yeah yeah <laughs> It's I want so to go great. to a festival. I oh. know. It will happen. Anyone that's listening, yeah. it will happen again. <laughs> oh, it will. It will. And, and, you know, if you can't, then we over Zoom, I did a lot of um, virtual discos um, with my housemates football team. Gold <laughs> Is this diggers. like a little side, side business? Charlotte's, yeah. Charlotte's Zoom discos. <laughs> if you'd like to have more details, please see the link below. No, um, my, my housemate is part of a fo- uh, football team called Gold Diggers and they are amazing, amazing people. And they, every, every few weeks, they'd have a, an event called Murder on Zidane's Floor, as in Zinedine <laughs> Zidane. And um, we'd all link in from our Zoom accounts and you'd share the audio and two different people would DJ and you'd just dance with your camera on with the lights off and like sparkly lights. It was just... At least if it's not the real thing, it was a good, a good second best. Definitely. So yeah, I, yeah, I do it with that. my daughter now. I put her in the jumper Aww. room and we just, ju- we just jump and dance around the room. And yeah, just, you know, the, the excitement on her face and seeing other people smile and just, you know, also again, it's that moment where you're not really thinking about anything else. So it just gives your brain yes. and your head a bit of space, which I think is really totally. important for us all right now. Um, yeah. So yeah. We've, we've come to the point where I make a song suggestion for you. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, great. Yeah. This is always really dif- difficult because especially with your song choices, Charlotte, because they are so different. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, yes. how do Sorry. we link drum and bass five, like, you know, <laughs> alternative rock queen of that and all angels <laughs> classical. But I've just tried to, <laughs> I've tried to, cho- no, don't apologize. Um, I've tried to choose something that I think, um, it sort of brings together your love of like we talked about the light classical music and a bit of female vocals and a bit of a beat but it's nothing too much in one direction or the other um you'll definitely know of the uh composer and pianist Ludovico Einaudi but this is a remix album that he produced and it has some vocalists on it and sort of different producers so I've chosen a song from that EP which I love and I, and I kind of didn't really discover it only through sort of going the wrong way when you're on Spotify or iTunes and you kind of yeah, go down yeah. a rabbit hole and you're like oh actually this that. Is, yeah this is really cool um so it's a 2013 album and it's called Bright Side of the Road 2 and then in a time lapse and the vocalist on it is Greta Savavo Beck who did the vocal on Dead Mouse's Raise Your Weapon um so she's cool. like okay. yeah she's like a singer songwriter so it's kind of them coming together and produced um you know produced by someone else as well so like little team coming together creating something cool so um this is uh the song that I've chosen for you it's called Circles and I hope you enjoy it Oh, I love it. 
Is he gonna Ooh, listen let to me the look whole, up the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. I need to listen to the whole thing. I love <laughs> I know, it. I always, I always have to say to people, I'm like, you must promise me to listen to the whole thing after this. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, you need to send me it. Send me the the name of it. That's yeah. really great. Oh, how clever to put those choices together and get that. How clever. Well, like an algorithm. <laughs> I am an algorithm. You're the, I am the human algorithm. I'm your best yeah. friend and your worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Charlotte, thank you so much. It has been an absolute joy to catch up with you and talk to you about music. And just thank you for your time. And, and obviously as well, best of luck with everything going forward. So, you know, it's it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Laura. I've loved this. Thanks so much. I really hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and I'd love to hear about your favourite piece of music. So make sure you pop a comment on Apple reviews with your song choice and the story behind it. I'm going to be reading out some of your stories in an upcoming minisode. Also, we've now put our guest song choices in the show notes. So if you want to hear any of their songs again, you can find them there. Thanks so much, guys, and see you next time. 